0: Our first Bible reading this morning is from Isaiah 7, and you can find that on page 558 in the Church Bible, starting at verse 1. When Ahaz, son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, was king in Judah, King Rezin of Aram and Pekah, son of Remaliah, king of Israel, marched up to fight against Jerusalem but they could not overpower it. Now the house of David was told, Aram has allied itself with Ephraim. So the hearts of Ahaz and his people were shaken as the trees of the forest are shaken by the wind. Then the Lord said to Isaiah, Go out, you and your son, Jeshub, and meet Ahaz at the end of the aqueduct of the upper pool on the road to the launderer's field. Say to him, Be careful. Keep calm and do not be afraid. Do not lose heart because of these two smoldering stubs of firewood. Because of the fierce anger of Rezin and Aram and the son of Ramalia, Aram, Ephraim, and Ramalia's son have plotted your ruin, saying, Let us invade Judah. Let us tear it apart and divide it among ourselves and make the son of Tabeel king over it. Yet this is what the sovereign Lord says. It will not take place. It will not happen for the head of Aram is Damascus, and the head of Damascus is only Rezin. within sixty-five years, Ephraim will be too shattered to be a people. The head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is only ramalia's son. If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all again. The Lord spoke to Ahaz, ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or in the highest heights. But Ahaz said, I will not ask. I would not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear now, you house of David. Is it not enough to try the patience of humans? Will you try the patience of my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Our second reading is from Matthew 1, and we can find that on page 783, Matthew chapter 1, from verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit.
1: Thanks, Maureen. Church, good to be with you. My name's Tim. I'm the youth pastor here at Norwest. Great to be with you this morning. Let's pray as we come to God's Word. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you're a God who speaks. You haven't left us by ourselves to work out who you are, what you've done for us, but you give us your Word. Father, we pray as we come to your Word this morning, would you let Jesus shine, that our hearts might be full and rich and that we might love him all of our days amen well church as tim mentioned this morning it is that time of year all the christmas signs are out i'll just add two to the christmas signs that tim mentioned the uh the christmas discount shops are open you wonder what people who run christmas discount shops do for 11 months of the year but they're open And the the year-long tiresome debate on your Facebook wall is now asking the question, does the commercialisation and the consumerism of Christmas detract too much from the holiday season? Is it worth it anyway? Is it a good time of year? Is it a bad time of year? Facebook never sleeps. It goes on. But for my family growing up, this time of year brought another debate. It brought another discussion. It was the question... Will we get a real Christmas tree this year? In one corner, there was my mum and my brother and my sister and myself. And we wanted a real tree every year. In the other corner was my dad who had to get the tree and set it up and then get rid of it when we couldn't stand the smell of dead pine any longer in our living room. And uh, we somehow felt on this side that we had the moral high ground we felt, well, this is, we're being authentic. We're being authentic Christmas enjoyers. We're in the right. I don't know how we justify the, you know, the having, cutting down a plant every year and leaving in our living room for two weeks as the moral high ground, but we did so, and we did so with great vigour. And uh, Dad decided the debate wasn't worth having, so he went and got a treat. <laughs> but I want to just, as we start this morning... Before we get to looking and longing for Emmanuel and seeing and savouring Emmanuel, I want you to have that that image in your mind of that place uh, at the back of Jurel, the back of Golston, where you go to cut down your Christmas tree and you see the forest of pine. We have that that image in your minds because that will be helpful for us as we come to Isaiah. Let's go to Isaiah now. Uh, If you have your Bibles there, Isaiah chapter 7. And Isaiah likes to talk about kingdoms and countries and cultures as forests. And that's an image that goes through the the few chapters we'll be looking at. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 7. It will be on the screens as well. And Isaiah 7 verse 2 says, Now the house of David was told, Aram has allied itself with Ephraim, so the hearts of Ahaz and his people were shaken, as the trees of the forest are shaken by the wind." As we had in our Old Testament reading, Judah, little old Judah, is a little bit afraid. You see, they're only a tiny little country, and they are experiencing sheer terror. Because Aram and Israel, that should be part of God's people, should be allied with Judah, but have turned against them, are advancing on Jerusalem to take over the city. And so little old Judah, this tiny little forest, this forest that's blown away, by, blown uh, side to side by the wind, is shaking with fear because these two mighty forests of Aram and Ephraim, Israel, are advancing on Jerusalem and they are about to attack. So God sends Isaiah to the king of Judah, to his people. And he says, be careful, keep calm, and don't be afraid. They might seem like mighty forests, but do not lose heart because of these two smouldering stubs of firewood. I'm in control, and I can cut down these forests. We get this image uh of forests again in Isaiah. F- flick forward a few chapters if you can with me to Isaiah chapter ten, the end of chapter ten, and verse thirty three. ten verse thirty three See the Lord, the Lord Almighty will lop off the boughs with great power. The lofty trees will be felled, the tall ones will be brought low he will cut down the forest thickets with an axe Lebanon will fall before the mighty one that image again great forests cut down and there's now just stumps everywhere that picture of the Christmas tree farm and everyone's got their tree and gone and where there was life there's now just stumps Think about a bushfire ravaged landscape where there was abundant life and richness of life in a bushland scene. Bushfire comes through. Now there's nothing. There's no life. That's what Isaiah tells us. And then, 11 verse 1, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. Jesse. One little shoot. In chapter 7, it tells us about the virgin being with child. This is a sign for us to look for. In Isaiah 11, it's a shoot who will come up from the stump of Jesse. Jesse being King David's father. This is talking about Jesus. And isn't that the shoot that comes up from the stump of Jesse? Isn't that a great picture of Christmas? Stable, amidst the animals, can 't get room in an inn, so weak, so small, so human, so vulnerable. Jesus is just a shoot, a shoot that a child might walk up to and flick off with his finger. But is a shoot that god is protecting you see from his roots a branch will bear fruit the spirit of the lord will rest on him the spirit of wisdom and of understanding the spirit of counsel and of might this is who emmanuel that isaiah 7 tells us about is going to be this is the kind of king that emmanuel will be when the virgin is with child Verse 6 tells us about the kingdom that he'll bring in. The wolf will live with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest." They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So complete is the kingdom of Emmanuel that in it lambs don't run away from wolves because they're no longer fearful. Cows and bears don't fight over food. They feed together. And there is no longer enmity between the offspring of Eve and the serpent. Children play with snakes. This is what Emmanuel brings. This is what God's people, Judah, were promised. This is what Judah, God's people, were looking for and longing for. They were longing for Emmanuel. God is so good. There's little Judah quaking with fear because there's a military advancement on their, on their capital city. Thinking they're going to be extinguished. And God says, don't be afraid. I'm going to send Emmanuel. I'm going to send my son. And not only is he going to come and settle things down, not only is he going to come and sort of have a little bit of peace temporarily, He's going to come, he's going to extinguish all evil, and he's going to reverse every curse that humanity has been under since the garden. God is good. Emmanuel is praiseworthy. And friends, we too are to look and long for Emmanuel. For Judah it was looking forward to the sign when the virgin will be with child. They waited 700 years. For us, it's to look back to that first Christmas and long for Emmanuel's return. You know, perhaps this time of year seems like an impenetrable forest for you. When the cards of Christmas alone are enough to make us nervous, there's the Christmas cards to write, there's the gift cards to buy, there's the credit cards to pay off, there's the rubbish to discard at the end of it all. December's a busy month. Christmas is a busy time. And if we get any chance for reflection, at the moment you'd be forgiven for reflecting on just how what the world is like. What the world is that our children, our grandchildren are growing up in. We used to take great strength from our allies in the UK and the US, God-fearing nations who would protect us in an alliance. And now, like us, they're increasingly secular. The forests of our world are shaking. It's a time of uncertainty. For us, who knows what that will mean? Lack of job security. When we look at the the falling uh, moral standards of our society, perpetuated by a hostile secularism which silences the voice of anyone who wants to challenge the progressive agenda of the cultural elite it can seem like we're in an an impenetrable forest it can seem like God is losing it can seem like we're in danger it can seem like we're shaking like the trees of the forest are shaken by a violent wind church amidst the busyness of life amidst the uncertainty in our world we need to look back to Emmanuel and long forward for his coming having looked and longed for Emmanuel let's see and savour him our new testament reading comes from Matthew chapter 1 verse 18 it says This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. And this is a world of tension for Joseph. Mary visits his bride to be and she says I'm pregnant I'm pregnant with the Holy Spirit's child Joseph doesn't know what to think I mean he loves Mary he trusts her they're getting married she doesn't lie to him but he knows how people get pregnant maybe she has cheated on him And this is, admittedly, a strange imagination. I don't think we know what Joseph thinks. What we do know is that he doesn't think he can continue with the wedding. And so, even though a private, uh, sorry, even though a a public divorce where everyone sees what's happened would. mean Joseph can get his dowry back, he can get financial gain by shunning Mary. He loves her, he doesn't want to do that. And yet, he doesn't think they can continue in this marriage, and so he chooses to divorce her quietly. It's a pretty honourable way to handle with the situation. So he's considered this, he makes his plans, he's decided his actions, and then Joseph has a dream, a significant dream, where an angel comes to him and says... Don't be afraid. Isn't God good? The Bible's not here just to give us doctrinal facts. Judah's quaking in fear in Isaiah's time, and God sends Isaiah and says, Don't be afraid, my people. Joseph knows what it will cost him to take Mary as his wife, and God says to him, Don't be afraid. Christian, we don't need to be afraid anything in that world god is with us he is in control he is good he says don't be afraid take mary home name this child jesus because he will save his people from their sins and when joseph wakes he goes and obeys he does what the angel says two things to point out here first joseph lets god change his plans He's thought about his actions, he knows what he wants to do, and then God reveals further information to him, and he chooses obedience. He decides to be Jesus' father. Not biologically, but he's different, definitely his father. He's the only uh, husband or partner that Mary has ever had. He's the one who names Jesus. He's the one that connects Jesus to the genealogy that we saw last week from Pete's sermon, Joseph is Jesus' father, and that enables Jesus to be the fulfillment of those prophecies from Isaiah. It enables him to be uh, the. Uh, to, it enables him to reign on David's throne from Isaiah nine. It enables him to be uh, the sign to the house of David from Isaiah seven. It enables him to be the shoot from the stump of Jesse from Isaiah eleven. Joseph's obedience to the Lord. Joseph's obedience is. Necessary for Jesus to be the Messiah. Small acts of obedience can be used by God to achieve eternal things. Don't despise the small acts of obedience that other people don't see. And will I be patient with my kids? Will I refuse to steal somebody else's work? Will I fight against lust? God uses moments of obedience. And we should take Joseph's example. Second thing to notice in this passage is the name that Jesus is given. Because he isn't named Emmanuel, though clearly he is Emmanuel, he isn't named Emmanuel, he's named Jesus. He's named Jesus, the Greek form of Joshua, which means the Lord saves. Why is he given that name? Because Jesus will save his people from their sins. Joseph, Mary, you and me. (laughs) Jesus saves. The Lord saves. Which sets Christianity apart from every other religion that the world knows christianity is not a system of salvation what yeah christianity is not a system of salvation islam has its five pillars you you do your five pillars you're obedient you try and be uh, as disciplined as you can and perhaps allah will be merciful to you catholicism is faith plus good works and the sacraments and if you work through all of those you're you're good in all of those then perhaps you'll be saved Christianity isn't a system of salvation like that. Christianity is the Lord saves. Christianity is Jesus saves his people from their sins. What's the core difference between a system of salvation and Jesus? Well, if I'm in a system of salvation, if I'm trying to get salvation for myself, who do I love? Who's my first love? myself i want to save myself i want to save my own skin and so i can work very hard to achieve that purposes but ultimately i love myself any unconverted person can like the idea of a get out of hell free card but when you see emmanuel When you see how good Jesus is, when you see how splendid he is, when you see all that he brings, your heart moves from yourself to him. You love Jesus because he's so sweet. He's the best which is what Matthew is getting at when he gets to verse 22. He turns to the reader, he turns to our attention, having told us a bit of narrative, and he says to us, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Matthew turns to us and says, be part of they who called jesus emmanuel come and worship come and love jesus come and be his turn yourself to him where to respond like joseph who has his plans who has his life has his decisions and puts that to the side and follows jesus hang on you may say we saw more promised in isaiah than what jesus has brought to pass so far you know the wolf and the lamb and the the child and the snakes and all that that's speaking about heaven that's not our experience here on earth yet so did jesus fail sure he's lovely but did he fail did did emmanuel only complete half the task Emmanuel is coming back. And that's why we long for him. It's worth saying, um, when the New Testament quotes the Old Testament, it's like, well, there's, let me tell you this. The guy who... He was responsible along with his wife for putting together this jesse tree material was my senior pastor when i was growing up he used to say it like this he said when the new testament quotes the old testament it's like pulling the corner of a bedsheet. you've only got a little bit in your hand and yet a whole lot more comes with it and so when we read about Emmanuel in matthew 1 everything from the old testament is coming to be fulfilled in jesus When Matthew puts one quote about Emmanuel, it means all that Emmanuel was tied up with comes with Jesus. And so we, too, today are still looking for and longing for Emmanuel because we know that Jesus is going to come back. And all that was promised in Isaiah is going to be fulfilled. We're longing for the new heavens and the new earth. Where all animosity is left, where all the curse is reversed, where Jesus will be a banner for the peoples and the nations will rally to him. We are longing for Emmanuel. We're longing for that time when God is with us forever. We're longing for that time when it's Emmanuel for eternity. What do we do this week? Longing for a manual, longing for that big picture, that long game. What do we do this week? The Scottish philosopher Alasdair MacIntyre says in his book After Virtue, he says, I cannot answer the question, What ought I to do? unless I first answer the question, Of which story am I a part? So the key question for us this morning is which story are we a part of this Christmas? If the biggest story that we're involved in is Australia's Christmas season of 2016, if that's our biggest story, throw yourself into it. Pour your heart and soul into making 2016 Christmas the best it could possibly be, the best it's ever been. But don't be surprised when even the most overfilled stomach still leaves you feeling empty inside. It's funny, but Christmas time can be a forest that prevents us from seeing Jesus. It can get in the way of us savouring Emmanuel. And if the story of which we're a part is Emmanuel's story and we're longing for his coming and we're looking back to the time when he came, then we won't let anything get in the way of us savouring Jesus, of us loving him. And so perhaps this Christmas, it's about cutting back the forest a bit, clearing up some space so that you can see and savour Emmanuel. Maybe it's about being involved in one less Christmas event so that you can have an hour, one hour, to soak yourself in the scriptures maybe it's about stopping every time you sing a carol and loving Jesus through what you sing maybe it's taking the time to use something like the Jesse tree to help your kids see and savour Jesus Isaiah 11 is in here twice you're equipped If you're part of Emmanuel's story if you love Jesus then run to him for those things that the world looks to Christmas to provide love joy hope peace we find that in Jesus love him and as you do so I think you'll find that the rest of the world now just looks like smoldering stubs of firewood inconsequential to the true price let christmas fill your heart with jesus let him shine let me pray for us heavenly father we are so thankful for jesus we thank you that we can look back to that first christmas And that we can long for Emmanuel. We pray that you will help us to see and savour him this Christmas, that
0: he might reign in our hearts. Amen.